Our growth as Christians does not primarily take place in comfortable situations. Many characters in the Bible find themselves in the wilderness right before God uses them to make a huge impact. God wants to do a mighty work in us because he wants to do a mighty work through us. God knows that we must grow through tough trials, serious testing, and difficult circumstances. It's in these places we find out God is always with us and he is working in us. Join us as we continue our series called Wilderness, Growing Off the Grid. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Venture Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, so thankful that you are joining us today, wherever you are. We believe you are where you need to be, and we are always praying that God will give you a reason, a purpose of why he has you where you are at this moment. So I want to say welcome back for week two of our series that we started last week called Wilderness Growing Off the Grid. And if you were listening to us last week, you heard a little bit about the wilderness concept in scripture, especially the first aspect of the wilderness. And we talked about being tested, uh, testing, uh, being tested in the wilderness. We learned that even Jesus had a season in the wilderness where he was tested. Satan came to him and tried to trap him in temptation and weakness, ultimately wanting to lead him into sin. However, Jesus stood firm on the word of God, and Jesus' example reminds us that the word is powerful and effective for battling uh, these temptations. The wilderness can often feel like a lonely place. We, we feel as if we are isolated and all alone. And Jesus knew his father was with him. Jesus knew God had a plan for his life, but it would be enacted on in the father's timetable, right? In his own ways. And the same is true for us. So today we are going to look into a story all about being patient in the wilderness. But before we do that, I would like you guys to try to do something right now. Uh, it's going to kind of uh, hopefully work out because um, you're going to if you're on the phone listening to this podcast, uh, it might take a little bit of work and you might have to pause where we're at now and come back and so forth. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to your your search browser, whether you use Google or Safari, and I want you to type in Rocky Mountains. Okay. Now don't do this if you're driving. Okay. Uh, you'll get the picture if you, if you're still driving. Okay. So, uh, Google Rocky Mountains. Okay. And the first thing that pops up should be most likely the Wikipedia page for Rocky Mountains. And then it should list a bunch of other stuff. Okay. What I'm getting at is if we type something in, we're going to get a bunch of results for that. Right. Cause, because we live in an immediate type of culture, right? This immediate type of culture because of things like our phones and our tablets and our computers, right? We have the option to have many things in life immediately, right? Almost anything we need is at the push of a button and conveniently 
might arrive in two days or less, right? Amazon's created this culture where we can have something within two days or less, no matter what it is, right? But here's what I, here's what I want to think about. What if there is wisdom in the waiting, right? What if there's wisdom in this waiting? What if God intends us to, tends to teach us something in our season of wilderness by granting us patience, right? So here's what I'm hoping. I hope you'll grab your phones uh, or your Bibles or your tablets or whatever, and I hope you'll turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 24. We're going to be in the Old Testament, and we're going to be looking at the, the story of two key historical figures, Saul and David, okay? Now, at this time in Scripture, David was chosen as the next king of Israel, but currently Saul is still in this position, and he's feeling as if David was coming for his spot. And so Saul tries to hunt David down to, to kill him. And our story picks up in verse 1 in the middle of this pursuit. Okay, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 24, starting with verse 1. And I'm going to be reading from the uh, Christian Standard Bible uh, for today. Here's what it reads. When Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, David is in the wilderness near En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 of Israel's fit young men and went to look for David and his men in front of the rocks of the wild goats. When Saul came to the sheep pens along the road, a cave was there, and he went in to relieve himself. Now I need to pause there for a second. Why we have to know that he went in to use the bathroom, I'm not quite sure, okay? But it is very descriptive, right? The Bible is full of descriptive things, okay? So let's, let's read on. David and his man were staying in the recesses of the cave. So they said to him, look, this is the day the Lord told you about. I will hand your enemy over to you so you can do to whatever, to him whatever you desire. And then David got up, up and secretly cut off the corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, as the Lord is my witness... I would never do such a thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed. I will never lift my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. With these words, David persuaded his man, and he did not let them rise up against Saul. Then Saul left the cave and went on his way. This story has a lot of moving pieces happening all at once. So as we break it down together, we are going to learn that uh, we need to understand why do we need to be patient in the wilderness. Why do we need to be patient in the wilderness? The first thing we have to realize about having patience in seasons of wilderness is patience gives perspective, okay? Patience gives perspective. Much of this life has to do with viewing our situation through the right lens. In this story, David chooses to see Saul's pursuit of him through a specific lens. As we said earlier, the Bible tells us David is anointed as the next king of Israel, but, da but God was inviting him to wait as it was not yet his perfect timing. And so when David chose to wait to have patience, he gained the right perspective, right? David easily could have killed Saul knowing that Saul was trying to kill him, right? The Bible says this was an opportunity for David to do so. His, his men looked at him in the cave and said, today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish, right? However, David only cut off part of Saul's robe rather than killing him. And look at his response to his men after doing this. He goes, I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. You see, David gained in the waiting 
what many of us here that are listening on this podcast are desiring, and that is perspective. He gained perspective, right? And so I wonder what kind of wild uh, wilderness you're, you're, you find yourself in right now. Maybe as we talked about last week, you are being tested and refined, you know, maybe you are running from something like David was, okay? I don't know if you're running for your life. If that's the case, get some help right away, but, but you're running from something like David was. Maybe you feel like you're wandering around without purpose because of the same sin that you keep running back to, not knowing how to find freedom, right? Maybe you don't know why you're in the wilderness and you simply need to be patient, for the Lord to bring you through and do what he needs to do in your life. You just need to have some patience. It's incredible to observe that while Saul was chasing after David, what was David doing? David was pursuing God with all he had, right? In the Psalms, we we hear about how David was constantly consumed with his heavenly father. He brought all of his needs, his burdens, his struggles before God, inviting God to meet him in the middle of them. And the more and more time he spent with God, the greater perspective he gained for his situations. So maybe for you, in the middle of your wilderness, in, in order to have perspective, you, you must lean into patience, okay? The word of God will help you gain this perspective. If only you will, just, will dedicate time to reading it and meditating upon it. Okay, so it's something personal we got to ask. Am I diving into God's word and am I meditating upon it? Am I looking at how it affects me? Now, once David gained perspective, he had to come to another conclusion on patience in the wilderness. And that is that patience requires perseverance. Okay, patience does require perseverance because perspective is what patience gives and perseverance is often what patience requires. And so your question today may be, well, how was David persevering in the story? It seemed like his mind was made up. He knew he didn't want to kill Saul, right? Well, I would argue that his perseverance was one eternally, right? Constantly deciding not to harm Saul. And I believe this because, you see, this was not the only time he had the chance to kill Saul, okay? If you will, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 26, verses 1 through 9. Uh, I'm reading from the same Bible. By the way, I mean, if I, I butcher some of these names, I apologize. They are, they are some tough names in here. So I'm going to do my best. Then the Zephites came to Saul at Gebeth, uh, Gebeah, sorry, saying, David is hiding on the hill of Hakalah, okay, opposite Jesmon. So Saul, accompanied by 3,000 of the fit young men of Israel, went immediately to the wilderness of Zip to search for David there. Saul camped beside the road at the hill of Hekelah, opposite Jessamine. David was living in the wilderness and discovered Saul had come there after him. And so David sent out spies and knew for certain that Saul had come. Immediately, David went to the place where Saul had camped. He saw the place where Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of his army, were lying down. Saul was lying in, inside the inner circle of the camp with the troops camped around him. Okay, now I need you to picture this. So basically he comes up to this camp. He sees them in there. Now you need to picture this. Literally, he's got 3,000 men with him, right? And so all of his men have surrounded him, right, in this giant circle in a camp. And then in the middle of it, it was his camp, his tent, where he was at, and he was surrounded by all these men, okay? And they were, they were sleeping, all right? So then David asked Achmel, uh, uh, Himelech, sorry, the Hittite, 
and, and Job's brother Abishah, son of Zerai, who will go with me into the camp to Saul? Who will go with me, right? And uh, uh, Abishah answers, I will go with you. So that night, David and Abishah came to the troops, and Saul was lying there asleep in the inner circle of the camp with the spear stuck in the ground by his head. Now, I wanted you to picture this. So they get into the camp. Somehow, they get into the middle of this camp where Saul is lying there. And the reason there's a spear sticking by his head is because he's got it there ready to go in case something happens where he can immediately grab this spear and, and defend himself, right? Okay. So um, then Abishai said to David, um, uh, said to David, today God has delivered you, your enemy to you. Let me thrust the spear through him into the ground just once. I won't have to strike him twice, right? Like it's ready there. We've snuck in. He has no clue we're here. Let me take the spear and, and just kill him, right? But say, David said to Abishah, don't destroy him for who can lift a hand against the Lord's anointed and be innocent. You see, they're in this very similar instance where David once again spares Saul's life. He had to practice patience on more than one occasion, but it required perseverance, right? Many of us have similar examples in our past with peer pressure. It takes perseverance to stand up to pressure, especially when it's coming for them from the, the people that are close to you, right? People that you know, right? In David's case, it was the men around him right, in both scenarios, that they thought killing Saul would be the right thing to do in alignment with God's will, right? However, David refused. And so I believe David's intimacy with God and God's word allowed him to understand on a deeper level God's heart. And in these moments, God's heart was to allow Saul to stay alive and on the throne of Israel. Now, I want to ask you a question. Are there people in your life, even those who you feel they know best, right, that are acting as distractions to you? Hey, let me ask that again. Are there people in your life, even those who feel they know best, that are acting as distractions to you? What I mean by that is, is are there voices that you are hearing, not just strange voices, people that you know, voices that are telling you, that are tempting to listen to because you know them, they're, they're close to you, right? And you know that acting upon those words won't be terrible, right? You know, it won't, it won't be a bad thing, it won't get you in trouble or anything, but you just sense that it just isn't the best scenario. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you just, they'll tell you some advice and it's like, well, that's, that's not bad advice. You know, that would work. It probably helped me out or whatever it might situation might be, but you just go, that's probably not the best though. I probably shouldn't do it because it's just not the best. Well, I believe David wrestled internally and had to uh, persevere each time eternally with these same thoughts and, and feelings. You see, we have to be willing to say no to certain voices around us and say yes to God's voice, right? However, the only way to discern God's voice above the earthly noise is to gain intimacy with him, right? And so you have to ask yourself a question. Are you spending time with him in prayer and in his word, right? Are you growing intimate with him? David knew that ultimately his patience would, would stem from his commitment to following God at all costs and at all times, right? And if we are able to do this, if we are able to grow in patience due to our proximity to God, what will we see in response? What will we see in response if we do that? I believe it's the same thing David was able to see in response to his patience, and that's God's best. 
It was God's best that he was able to see. And this leads us to another thing on patience in the wilderness, and that is this. We will see God's best. I believe we will see God's best. Every Sunday, I get up to go and and preach. It allows me the opportunity to go back to our entryway when I'm done preaching, right, for the end of the service, to say God g- goodbye to, to everybody, right? Everybody in our congregation, I get to maybe, not everybody, because I can't talk to everybody on a Sunday morning, but a lot of people, right? I get to shake hands with them or high-five them. We love, we love to high-five at our church. And, and um, talk to them a little bit, you know, and, and most, of, you know, most of the time I do hear somebody, at least one or two people, right, say um, different times, different days, you know, hey, uh, pastor, uh, you did well with that sermon, man, that, that reached me, spoke to me, whatever, okay? And, and I want to people to know that, that I appreciate that, right? I really do. And I want you to know that I do appreciate my folks coming to me after service and saying that, right? However, there are some times when I get done preaching, I go back there thinking, that wasn't very good, right? I, I feel like that it wasn't my best. Like I, I just missed something. I didn't deliver this right, whatever it was, even though it might've been good, right? It could have been really good, but I just felt it wasn't the best, right? And I tell people this, I'm telling you this today because you see, there are many options in your wilderness right now, right? There, there are many avenues you could choose to walk down, right? Depending on what your wilderness is, you can go all kinds of different ways and choose different scenarios, right? And, and, and some of them and many of them could produce a good or maybe even a great result, right? But what if it wasn't God's best, right? What if it wasn't God's best? Often God's best for our lives is found in the waiting, it's not easy to be patient, and it's not as fun to wait, right? Nobody likes to be patient, right? Nobody likes to wait for everything. But the Lord renews our strength in the waiting and gives us the strength we need to persevere. Isaiah 40, verses 30 through 31 says, Youths may become faint and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. See, regardless of what scenario you find yourself in right now, we are all tempted to take matters into our own hands. We want a quick fix to our problem and immediate results. And and why shouldn't we? Quick fixes and immediate solutions are all around us every day, right? But I believe today, through the story of David, God wants to rewire how we think about our wilderness. He desires us to be patient, even when it's uncomfortable. He desires for us to be patient, even when it may seem like he's giving us what we've been asking for, right? But here's the question. Are you willing to wait? Are you willing to wait? Are you willing to wait on God's best rather than what somebody else or you think is good. Can we be patient in our wilderness? This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast, and we want to thank you for joining us as we discuss how to be patient in the wilderness. Join us next week as we learn how to listen in the wilderness as we continue to grow off the grid. 
talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Venture Ministries, or you'd like to help support us financially, please visit us at VentureChurch.ch.